Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. On June 15, 2012, then-President Barack Obama signed an executive branch memorandum titled DACA, or the Deferred Action of Childhood Arrivals allowing a two-year renewable deferral from deportation as Congress worked to create a path to citizenship for children brought to the U.S. as minors. Fast forward five years after extensions and continued stalls towards legislation, now President Donald Trump directed the Department of Homeland Security to end the deferral program, which was now set to expire on March 5, 2018, leaving the immigration status of nearly 800,000 DREAMers in limbo. Today on the Spent the Rent podcast, we are joined by 2013 South Eugene High School graduate, valuable asset to the Oregon community, and dear friend of the podcast, our resident dreamer, Ricardo Gomez. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Self-Esteem Bo Willie. My guest today is G. Ricky what up, Ricardo what up? Gomez. Thank you for coming. It's an, a pleasure to have you. A oh, pleasure to be here. So, for a little backstory, uh, you worked at the now-defunct Cafe Siena right next to the barbershop on campus. Uh, I don't know what, what's going on there. It's, it's uh, out of business. Yeah, uh, they're paying rent for it, but we'll see where they go. But yeah, so we were sitting out back. About this time last year, and we were talking, and I asked you, you know, uh, what do you got going on coming up, you know, and and what, and you basically told me, you know, like my birthday's coming up, but yeah, so that was uh, about a year ago, uh, like a month from March, and my birthday's on March fifth, which is you know cool and all, but that year was different because the deadline for DACA was on that day, right? Um, it just happened to expire on your birthday, yeah. and though I knew your history. That, you know, you had immigrant parents and I knew that, but I just had never put two and two together that you, in fact, were a dreamer. Yeah, you know, we, we're we out there. There's there's at least 100,000 of us out there, but... Um, 800,000. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, 800,000. Yeah. So, so we were talking out back and you had said, you know, birthday's coming up, but I'm more concerned about DACA. And then you and I started kind of talking about that whole situation and you kind of opened up about your immigration status, which was... Which was life-changing to me because I had heard about DACA and I kind of understood it, but it didn't, it's like a light bulb went off that I was like, oh crap, Ricky, like a good friend of mine, is who they're talking about. Yeah. You know, when they are talking about this and and a little back history of DACA that in, I mentioned in the intro that Obama had signed executive order to um, allow children brought here as minors to then have a path to citizenship Current an application process through DACA so that it basically would give a two-year uh, deferral on deportation so that you could then have, like, hopefully Congress would, would find a way to, 
you know, create a path to citizenship, which of course has not happened because nope. Congress does nothing but, you know, tax cuts for Shut themselves. Shut it down again. So <laughs> kidding, kidding. So um, let's go a little bit backwards. We're going to start with your experience in Eugene, Oregon. So in 2013, you graduated from South Eugene mm-hmm. and go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. Um, I've had nothing but a great time in this country. I've had the pleasure to go to great schools here. Um, I went to Parker Elementary, Spencer's Butte Middle School, and then South Eugene High School. So I got very fortunate. Um, and had a pretty normal experience. I mean, as, as long as I've known you, it seems no different than me. I graduated from South a few years before in 2000. Nice. <laughs> but, you know, it's just talking to you. We had a lot in common and, and a similar experience in Eugene. And, I, you know, it just that's when it became such a real moment for me because I'm like, wait a minute, like you mean you could be deported and you literally opened up and said like i don't even know i don't know anyone in mexico ah yeah you know? very true so I... when when did you kind of figure out cuz we're going to get into how you got here when you were 10 years old later but like so to start out when did you figure out that whoa like i might you you had told me off air like when you your friend started getting your driver's license yes yeah. And so tell me a little bit about that. So, um, yeah, my friends started to drive themselves to high school, which was, you know, like the new, the new fad at the time. You were like 16, 16, 17. Yeah. You know, exactly. But, uh, I couldn't cause I didn't have any, um, ID or, you know, a social security number or anything like that. So I had to just kind of buckle down take the bus. You know, other people do it. It's fine. Not a big deal. But, um, it kind of just hit in my head or just like, oh shoot. I am a little bit crippled somehow in this in this pro, uh, process that we're all going through. Right, and that's when it became a reality that you're kind of on an island, and in, in that you're in a place that you aren't considered citizen. Right, and yet, you know, you pay taxes with yep. your jobs. You've been working since high school. Yep, you know, because family ran business in in making food and, and yep. ca- you know coffee. So you started to realize, like, I can't even. It limits on what you can do for jobs. Like you couldn't travel for work or whatnot. Nope. So that had to have started to kind of set in. And then you said it was 2013 that you graduated. So then you basically just kind of got your, you didn't have a license. You just kind of had to figure it out. So like, yeah, freshman year, which would have been what, 2010 maybe ish. So it was a couple years before Obama um, went in and passed that legislation and, um, I was basically waiting for something, you know, I was waiting for a Hail Mary to come out of nowhere and really like put me, put me in a position where I could do something for, you know, my 15 year future. Right. You know. And then when he did it, it was, you know, bipartisan support. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Republicans supported the concept because initially it had written in the, in the executive order that it was going to include the 800,000 children. So if you were under 16, when you were brought here. Not the parents. Correct. The parents, because the issue really with with dreamers is that the parents, you know, people oftentimes you read comment boards or whatnot, and they're like, well, if you came here illegally, and it's like, well, if you were 10, you, didn't you just did much... what your parents yeah, exactly, did. And man. then as you've gotten older, you know, your relationship with your, your parents, your father, your mom's not even in the area, but your father, like a normal anyone else, you grow and you mature and you grow away and distant right. from your parents. And so you can't necessarily be held responsible for what they had to what do, the actions that yeah. you did. Yep. So let's talk about how, when you came over at 10 years old, you know, you were born uh, in where were you? I was that? born in uh, Jalisco, Tepatitlan. Um, 
It's uh, about an hour and a half away from Guadalajara, which is the most populated city in Mexico to the to this day, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. And then what was growing up there like? Oh, man. From what I can remember, which is just snippets, you know, um, it was pretty much the same weather in Eugene, kind of. We we're pretty close to both both sides of the, you know, oceans. Uh, and it rained a lot. It poured. It was humid. Um and I uh, just kind of played soccer and kind of ran around the streets right. like any other kid. Really. And just economic conditions were tough. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say we were like... Desolate. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. 100%. But um, it was... We weren't in luxury. And uh, so there was... Was there talk about opportunity in a different place? So, yeah. My dad... Um, much respect for my dad. He's the hardest worker I ever, I've ever met and will probably ever meet in my life. Um, since he was 17, he would come to the United States for a year or so, save up a bunch of money and bring it back to right. his family in Mexico. So he did that for a couple of years, right? And then he stayed a little bit longer in Berkeley in like the first Espresso Roma ever and uh, saved enough money to get my little brother at the time, who was seven, me, who uh, was 10, and my mom. Um, saved up enough money to get that, you know, like VIP first class <laughs> type of scenario over. Did that, came on over, and then we just kind of drove from California all the way to Oregon with uh, um, my aunt's uh, husband at the time, who was a, dr a truck driver. And when you came, you know, you went to Mexicali, mm -hmm. so, and there's border crossing, yep. but you went, did you come through like a checkpoint, or did you go through, and you said, so we had talked about this months ago, but you had said that like, why a wall is ineffective? Oh, yeah. Because it's, it was slats, essentially, where you went through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you name it. You put steel, you put brick or whatever. If people want to get over and have a better life on the other side, they're going to do it. Right. And most of the people that are, you know, undocumented that stay in America got here on planes. Correct. But that's actually I, a fact. I, I have a close friend of mine, actually. He flew in when he was like 15, 16 with a visa. And then he just stayed in school. Right. Dude just stayed in school. He's like, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to go back. And it's a difficult thing because, you know, if people are going to be undocumented here, there's a debate on if school should be, you know, paid for because you want an educated society so that the people that are here are bringing something to the table so that they're not like Trump says, sure. rapists, right? you know, which right. is out of control because he casts in one brushstroke, a whole group of people, a whole swath, that the statistics don't support that. Not even at all, man. You know, um, the like, crime is actually at a lower rate than than naturalized citizens, like native-born citizens. I, I looked at a bunch of statistics, which, you know, I tried not to hop online too much, but, like, as far as crime rate goes, Latinos are less to commit a crime than your, you know, your average American. Um... And education, we pursue higher degrees, uh, um, you know, than your average American. And I, I'm a hard believer on, you know, we want it more. Like we wanna, we wanna be contributing to to this country that we right. that we And I think into. it's a misconception too that, you know, like if you don't have a social security card, unless you are, you know, doing some mail fraud, which does happen, right. but it's small, you're not getting government assistance. No. You know, and that's the misconception that. A lot of people are like, oh, they're going to come here and they're going to go to the hospital and, and right. you know, this all this is going to get written off, which is just deducted from the taxes of the hospital, mm -hmm. you know. So it, 
you know, not that it, not that it's not an issue, but there's just so much misconception, and I I talk about it a lot on the podcast that it's essentially the caste system because the wealthy wants the middle to think that the poor is the problem. Sure, and this is beyond that. You know, it's like you were brought here as a kid. How are you supposed to say, no, Dad? I'm not. I think we should stay in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, we're staying <laughs> because I'm 10 years old, and I'm pretty sure later in life this could cause me some headaches. Right, right, you know? right. So why don't we just tough it out here? Yeah, <laughs> and, you know. Listen so, to me, I'm 10. <laughs> so when you did, when DACA was passed, and I mean executive order by Obama, which, like you said, it did have bipartisan support at the time. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that it created a path to citizenship for children that were brought here, and then they could kind of figure out a way to deal with Mm -hmm. their parents. And, you know, because those were the people that were technically breaking the law. Correct. So So the application process, when it started, what was the first thing that you did? I threw a mini party, but... (laughs) (laughs) Right? A fiesta. Yeah, true. Um, I... Well, my mom actually pulled all the strings really quickly. She got uh, like $2,000 real quick um, and got us uh, over to this um, county lawyer. So if you qualified and made, you know, a certain amount under whatever a month, then you could get uh, free legal um, advice. And they would, we would have to pay for the application, but they wouldn't charge us for the, you know, the time and consulting that they were offering. So that was cool. So my mom found that out, got the money. And me and my brother went in like a week later and fuck freaking signed everything real quick. Right. Right. Um, the one thing that was scary during that was uh, the lawyer looked at me and she was like, the one thing, like, this is going to give you a social, it's going to give you ID, you're going to get your license, you're going to be able to go to, you know, college and keep working. But the government's going to know who you are, where you are, and what exactly you did at all times. So, which is, I think, also... Which is, which is a good thing, initially, you know? Like, yeah, and also initially, that's where, you know, undocumented immigrants became documented immigrants correct. with a path to citizenship. And I think that that was what Republicans saw, is mm-hmm. that there's now accountability. Yeah. and Which and, is good. Which and is I good. think it is good, and especially since, you know, the majority of the Dreamers... It's like over 90% are law-abiding. So you cannot be... You can't, yeah. yeah. You, like, you lose the... Part of the agreement was that you have to have no criminal record. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, what what happens if you get in a small... I'm not sure, like man. I'm not, trying to te- I'm not trying to test that at all. Well, no, no. <laughs> but, and that's the thing that struck me so shocking knowing you was that not only at 22 years old were you managing a restaurant, like the manager of the restaurant... Even though you guys had like twelve people that went in there, but <laughs> but but, but, uh, but uh, you know you were very young, but you also handle it with you know maturity and and calm, you mm-hmm. know, and because it wasn't something that was Thank overwhelming you. to you, yeah, and so I, I that's why it was so shocking to me that here's this person that, like you said, is handicapped to the normal a little bit progress. I, I mean, you've allowed you to, know. You, you know you've worked around it, but you wanted to, like you said, you are okay with the fact that it puts you on record. Because you can look someone straight in the eyes and say, I'm an American citizen and I'm a law-abiding American yeah. citizen. Yeah, I've paid taxes want, every you know, year. I've never gotten, you know, DUIs. There's no never, shadiness there's, there. Yeah, like there's know? not. But like I do get I do get why it was bipartisan now. You know what I mean? Like, Well, there's always politics. So there's right. going to be people that have 
a backdoor reasoning like it, it's like oh let's help these people but in all reality it's so that they can maybe rile them up and deport correct. them correct and that's you know in a two-party system in a divided nation that's the issue that happens in in when obama you know tried to expand it mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about what happened with that so yeah obama passed the uh, Dreamer Act on uh, in 2012, and that got passed, and 800,000 um, are now children documented. Are documented, and they can reapply for it, right? Every two years. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was 2014, 2015, maybe. Obama wanted to expand it um, and apply almost the same kind of circumstances to the parents of these children, right? Um, to where they could potentially get a citizenship path. Uh, and naturally, that was rejected fast. Fast. The by Republicans. Thing ever. Uh, yeah. 22, 22 different states took them to court. Mm-hmm. And the states won in court, and they called uh, um, his gesture basically uh, unconstitutional. unconstitutional, right? Right. Um, so and, after that, we got a lot of back push on. Right. It's like they the tried to. It's like we gave you an inch, we're not going to give you a mile yeah. kind of thing. And then, you know, because, again, the crime was committed by the adults, not by the children. Yeah. So I don't think at 10 years old, you can be considered an accomplice. Oh, I would hope know? not, man. And at this, at this time, you know, we're talking, this was in 2014. So you were 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. 18, 19. So you're an adult and you're living on your own at this point. Yep. And, you know, like you said, there was some pushback and yep. it felt like, oh my gosh, like this might actually hurt that he's tried to overextend it. Mm-hmm. Well, then we all know what happened in 2016, so for two years, you're basically just in limbo. You don't know what's going to happen. Nothing. Yeah. They, it just got through the courts like, and pushed back it's like and forth. It's a bit worse than limbo. You know? it's right, <laughs> right, right. It's not purgatory. It's closer to hell. Yeah. But, but, you know, we all know what happened in 2016. Donald okay. Trump elected, comes down the elevator, and first thing he does is basically seems like he comes out against immigrants. Mm-hmm. And what what did that feel like when you started seeing i know that at the age you were at when you're about 18 19 20 in a college town you don't watch tv but i'm sure it happened pretty fast especially with your group of friends and and whatnot in your family that they probably started talking about it what what did you think and feel when when you first heard trump's you know uh, rapist comment i can quote myself that day the day he got elected i got off work at like 9 30 got home cracked a beer and I said to my four friends that were just kind of looking at me, trying to make me feel better. And they were just like, I was just like, this is the first day that I feel America kind of let me down as a Latino. Right. You know, and like, it wasn't his campaign. It wasn't all that that went through. It was like the day he got elected. So, but that's it. So like when he came down the elevator and announced he was running and he made the comment, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where he said the, they don't, oh, send, they don't send their best. Right, right, right. Oh, I mean... That song you you and I put out, man, like that that's that's where it came from. From right. him calling Latinos all those three what was it uh, rapists, thieves, and aliens. All and he said some are good people. So the distinction, which I mean, unfortunately Donald Trump gets a pass a lot of times because he's an invalid. Right. So when he speaks, he's so callous and and ignorant that he's not capable of, like. People are like, well, maybe he didn't mean that because he's an idiot. Right. He meant that. Oh, 100%. And so he literally looks at, first of all, brown people as being lesser. Mm-hmm. Period. And that's not, nobody can debate that at this point. So, you know, the song you had mentioned, I'm going to play at the end, is a song that you and I put together. And we'll get into that at length later. But that's interesting to know because I had asked you when we were out back 
earlier in the show, I talked to you about how we were talking out back and you said my birthday's coming up in the expiration. Mm-hmm. And I was like, would you ever want to write a song about it? Because yeah. <laughs> I like to write. I do hip hop, but it's kind of, you know, punk rock, hip hop, right. political, active, you know, uh, kind of calls to action and whatnot, tracks. And so I was all over that, you know, because I like sharing people's personal story and punk rock is the reason that i call what i do punk rock is because it's fighting for the little guy yeah and essentially that's what punk rock is we appreciate me. you you know <laughs> and and so we'll get into the song a little bit but that's interesting to know that your verse basically came that, from that, that was it, from it was, that it was yeah. journaling the lyrics that you used yeah. were stuff that you had written before you yeah. even knew it could be yeah. made into song 100 yeah. percent. and so the day he was elected i'm sure like you said that was the first day that you had felt let down yep and I mean, you know, people could see it coming, but we were all kind of blindsided because we live on the West Coast and sanctuary cities too, mm-hmm. to where, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, they won't let the federal government come in and deport and all that stuff. And that's yep. a whole different argument. There was a, I'm going to make a quick point on that. There was actually, a, that same year he got elected, uh, the sheriff in Eugene got the town together and basically said that, that like Eugene taxpayer money wasn't gonna like they will not allow that would not allow it yeah it was awesome man i heard i heard that like a couple weeks after that and that and that is good touched my heart a little bit like you said like when you felt left down there's or let down there's the community here embraces you know immigrants embraces humanity beyond borders you know and i know it's difficult for people to understand and we're not just trying to have a haven for crime and and mischief that's Mm -hmm. not what it's about (laughs) it's about how love prevails you know and so if you work on campus there's people of every shade yep and viva eugene right right (laughs) and that i mean i mean your guys's restaurant was mexican and french i don't know know, (laughs) i don't know if that was by accident some but but uh it's great though you know because of the blend of of cultures there's a lot of people with different immigration status and you don't even think about it, mm-hmm. you know, because people look you in the eyes. People are your friends. You learn about different places. That's the beauty of living in a college town in a state, unfortunately, that isn't very diverse, yeah. you know, but there is a huge, it, when I, and people can email me and be mad about this, but when <laughs> I think about uh, diversity, I almost, white and Mexican, whatever you want to call it, you know, Americans, I put that in one group because that's who lives here. Yep. I mean, it is like, I, I don't know, 30% it feels like Hispanic, at least. I've lived in apartment complexes where I was the only white person. We're everywhere now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was great, you know? And it and that's the thing is, is that when you stop being intimidated by culture and start celebrating it, it's it can be a wonderful thing. It's great, man. Like, I, I think my best quality... Just gonna pat myself on the back real quick. It's just, it's <laughs> just being culturally like, Rounded. like yeah, dude. I right. you know what I mean. There's so many of us that could give you like the, the humbleness that the Latino family raises you with, right? Or like the, and the, a strong sense of family. Yeah, and yeah. That's something that I've always admired about the, the group as a whole. And I know that's generalization, but family is extremely important. And I mean, faith, I can, you know, I'll vouch for it, man. It's, it's out family, there. Family, faith, and football, but football is soccer. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, so, so that's the only difference. But uh, getting, getting back to talking about Trump. So when Jeff Sessions, so what happened with that? So, Je- so Trump gets into office and he directed Homeland Security to end it, mm-hmm. basically. And so the deadline was for Congress to act. He said, I'm going to end it and we have until March 5th. And this is what we've talked about our, right. a bunch already on the show. 
2018 for that to expire. That expired, right. and then what happened? Uh, and then with Jeff Sessions, <laughs> basically, it was it was a, it was a fight between Congress to see who who could be more pouty, <laughs> right? You know, and it was um, they had the bargaining chips of the DACA right. Act, and they wanted to use that bargaining chip for a wall. For a wall, and the thing is, is that Donald Trump runs his his administration like he ran a campaign and that's what sets him apart from any other president i've ever seen is that he doesn't care about what the american people want he cares about his 30 percent clan members yep and so you know and that's pretty extreme and i shouldn't go to that extreme because there's still good people surprisingly somehow that support donald trump based on policies that they want but unfortunately a lot of times, that 30%, the policies that they want, are actually against someone else. They're not for anything. No, they're not. It's Usually against other not. people's rights mm-hmm. and freedoms and the things that were promised to Americans and immigrants that were inspired to come here to become American citizens is because of those freedoms that we've been promised. Right. And it's not happening. I mean, it's crazy to me that a president can... Get the far, you know, like he got the farmers' vote. I think, in my opinion, sure, I could be completely. And there's reason off with for that. that beyond just hating immigrants. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be fair, but because like, they've been ignored by the elite. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But like one of his one of his uh, pillars was the farmers. He was like, we need our farmers back in the game. We need our farmers to get paid. And then you look at now, and they're 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 not doing nowhere near as well as they were when they were struggling. No, because of trade embargo. Exactly. And, so like, yeah. If those people are still, you know, like die hard to the president, to me, that's just like. Well, and then tax returns, people are just getting humbled by. Humbled is a, a generous. Add word. what they subtracted. They're getting sure. smacked in the face by the fact that the only people that, you know, like the the uh, child credits are different and mm-hmm. the, and you can't itemize your deductions and all that. And you know this because you've paid taxes yeah. your whole life, <laughs> which is which is so funny because as somebody that's not technically a citizen. I don't even have a trust fund like or a retirement fund for me. Could you get? A, can you get social services? Uh, I don't know. You just have to try. I mean, like, here's here's an interesting story I got for you. If we can go off topic, sure. off topic for a second. Uh, as soon as I graduated, right, got my got my stuff, and I went over to try to apply for FAFSA over at Lane. Right. Um, and, and for people that don't know, that's basically just financial aid. Yeah, financial aid for college. Um, and I went in and I was like, hey, I'm under the DACA program. This is my social that I just got. This is my ID, but I can't access anything online because it doesn't read my social. So I went into Lane, talked to a bunch of people for like an hour, right? And then they sent me to the Latino uh, um, services uh, agency there. Right. And uh, I went there and I explained, explained it to them. And the two ladies just looked at me with a blank face and they were like, we have no idea what you're talking about. Could you do some more research and come back and explain it to us? That they 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 didn't know like there wasn't anything in place for people to like for education purposes. Yeah, and or, or like or, or that agency itself, or like over at Lane during that sure. time. You know, when I went in, like they probably figured some stuff out by now because it's been a couple couple right. years here and there. But like to me, that was just baffling. Where I was just like looking for help to try to see how can how I personally can apply with these tools that I have. But right. they just had no idea. Which shows you that there's not a rampant Correct. problem of people like, we're just going to go there and we're going to get free college money. Because right. people weren't even applying. Right. You know, maybe because A, they didn't, 
they didn't think they would get approved, but also because this it's so new and all that stuff is being worked out. Mm-hmm. So back to what we were talking about, Jeff Sessions. Mm-hmm. So Trump, had, you know, told the Homeland Security to put an end to it. So then the date came and passed. Right. And then what happened with Jeff Sessions? Um, he, what are we talking about here? He, he wanted to remove the protection for the parents. Oh. So that he, he, go ahead and explain that. So was this? We were talking about how. Uh, Obama wanted to extend oh, it and to the, ex- the, the expansion. Okay, gotcha, and then, gotcha. And then that got shot through the shot down through the court, and then there was some some pullback on protections for DACA recipients, like the the children. And then what happened with Jeff Sessions? Just Jeff Sessions pulled the whole program out. Pulled the whole thing. The whole thing out. You so can't... essentially, your citizen, so your social security card is null and void. No, it it is because I was I'm still in the program, and I can renew it. And you do have to every year go and get refingerprinted. Every, yeah, every two years. Every two years. Every two present years. yourself. So even though it's expired, you still have to present yourself and say, here I am. I have to file everything again. I got to pay for everything again. I got to drive my butt to Portland. Right. And I got to sit there, walk into the giant building that could potentially deport me, sit there, take my fingerprints, walk out. And knowing <laughs> that it is in limbo. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. So like even going and getting this document. Only gets you good for two years. Which is a reason that I think that having sanctuary cities like Eugene and Portland is a very big yes. safety net. Mm-hmm. Kind, of, I don't know if that's the right word, but reassurance because they will not allow tax dollars to go to deportation. Yeah. So if the feds want to do it, they're going to have to raid. Yes. They're going to have which, to. Which they've been doing. I'm sure they have. Yeah. You know, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens because with the wall now looking like it's not happening. There's not going to be any money towards it. I think that the Democrats are just trying to hold out the next two years and nothing is going to happen. So the only legislation that, that Trump will have passed is tax cuts for himself. Right. You know, and for the wealthy. And it's the wall. The wall situation is not going to happen. So therefore, DACA is going to stay yep. in limbo. In limbo. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But legislation takes... It's so stalled, and now that we have such a divided government, I don't have high hope that it's happening in the I got, I got a question, though. Say we we get a new president in 2020, right? Right. Couldn't that president potentially just reinstate the legislation because it's a presidential? Through executive order? Yeah. Absolutely. And right. I think that it's going to be pushed. It's going to be something that it'll be interesting to see politically how it's handled because somebody like Bernie Sanders, who... If he does run, he doesn't give a crap about the people that don't support his his cause. He's Mm going to say what he wants. Mm -hmm. So people like him and I think Elizabeth Warren as well are going to go straight into it and say, we're going to reinstate DACA. Whereas some of the people in the middle on the left, you know, the moderate uh, Democrats might be a little bit more cautious the way that they present it because they fear the general election going the, other know, way. the people on the right, they need to kind of persuade them to, to come over to their side. So they may be a little more cautious. And so we'll see. You can't get the vote <clears throat> from the people that voted the guy that wanted the Mexicans out. It's not going to happen. By I mean, that 30% is there. Latinos. Yeah. That's not going to You know, work. I don't, I don't want to forecast and say like, I, <laughs> I find it hard to imagine that Trump will be reelected because I think people are a paying more attention. I think the turnout, I think it's also the electorate's getting younger. Mm-hmm. And so that naturally is going to go more left. 
But then also, I think people are tired of waking up in a panic and a night sweat every single morning. When you <laughs> wake up and you're like, so what is this imbecile doing? Amen, brother. <laughs> and, you know, it's amazing how much people think he's done so much good. And yet I can list millions and millions of people that it's hurt. His, you know, and, you know, we'll see how in the election, especially the general election, how they talk about the shutdowns. Mm-hmm. Because we're about to shut down again. And they're going to do the same fight. But I have a feeling he's a little more wounded this time. He and is. he realizes that the power has been taken back. And see, this is something that, you know, I don't know anything about Mexico's government. I do know that it's extremely corrupt and that their police are an entrepreneurial business. Right. Where you just pay them off right at your wallet. That's as much as I know. Yeah, right. And so America, though, <laughs> does have checks and balances. And it is an incredible protection that we've learned. That we've learned that the judicial system is in place to mm-hmm. protect from tyranny. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's happening. And we're watching it. <laughs> we're watching it. We're watching the powers that be. There's a lot. But yeah. at the same time, you know, I mean, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to, there's not going to be one piece of legislation that's not passed bipartisanly. Right. Period. Because the House is one extreme and the Senate is, they've got like four or five votes more or three mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what, like you were saying in the general election, what the Democrat that is nominate, nominated says, but in the primaries, obviously the progressives and the people that are, are, you know, have conviction, mm-hmm. they're going to say, we're going to reinstate DACA. Right. <clears throat> and it's going to be something that will rile people like myself. That to me is if you're not going to reinstate DACA and you're not for Medicare for all, then we're done. Right. Uh, as those it are be. things that yeah. there's two issues that those are very important to me. And, I understand there's a lot of people that, you know, are one issue voters and I'm basically the most important issue to me is Medicare for all. Mm -hmm. And DACA is extremely important to me as well. And so if people are not comfortable because they don't want to, they don't want to upset a certain group of people to say that, then they're misleading us on what they're about. Yes. (laughs) So I'm not interested. And we'll, we'll have ample time to get into the different candidates last week we did kind of a snarky episode me and and mayo talking about that nice if but well ricky let's talk a little bit about the song so we're gonna end the show with a song that you and i had made uh so we had we were sitting out back that day last year and we started kind of riffing and i said hey you know have you ever thought about rapping a verse and you're like by golly <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know? and so and and like you said it was inspired by the election day yeah and you know you had wrote your verse about how basically you can tell what your verse is about about how kind of kind of is that not enough that i pay taxes like I'm right like, yeah um it came from a place of anger and confusion you know um people haven't heard it it's my verse is like half in spanish bilingual over here if you couldn't tell <laughs> but um it it just like i don't know I, I there's a different way to get latinos and you know your average um american you know white or whatever uh to like listen to the same message um and i think we did a really good job because for one we told a story in english where people could follow it and then at the end, you got a little bit of a Spanish English. This is what a DACA recipient can do. Right. You know, we learn the language, but we also have some of our background that we can show you. Right. 
And uh, I don't know. To me, that's like that's uh, one of the most beautiful things a, a Latino can have in this country right now is being able to, you know, show both the sides that they, sure. that and, they live I mean, in. And when people say American, I don't think just North America. You know, right. I mean, I think yeah. when I hear American, I don't think the United States. That's right. not America doesn't stop at the border. True. You know, so. True. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm right there with you. Another beautiful thing about that song is Lil Bento. Oh, man. Winston, oh, man, he killed it. On the hook. <laughs> and so Winston is from Taiwan. And Winston and I had, I worked on an EP, did five songs. Our song, Dreamer, is on it, the one that you and I did. Mm-hmm. But then also, Winston and I did a song about celebrating culture that he sings in Mandarin. And right. there's going to be a link in the description that you can listen to the full EP. And the two songs that are bilingual, I thought was really neat because it was, this EP was designed to kind of celebrate culture and celebrate diversity. And Winston was like, can I, can I get on that song with Ricky? And I was like, well, I'm not going to feature you in the in the, t- in the description because this is Ricky's song. And he's like, I don't care. I want to hook. <laughs> he killed it, and by the way. Thank it. you. And, and so the beautiful angelic voice you'll hear on the chorus is Winston from Taiwan. And he goes by Lil Bento, That's which crazy. is just hilarious. And then awesome. you had came up with G Ricky because you're a gangster, but <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, no, my last no. name's Gomez. <laughs> well, I guess that's right. I think it's it was good, and we found you know that it was a name that was available. It's the first yeah. song you'd ever recorded, and I think it's really cool. I mean, you know, use a little pitch shift to make it sound like you actually could sing, right, right, right. But still, I mean, it it turned out really good, and it's a pretty song. And then Roger McConnell, a dear friend of mine, who's just a uh, maestro on the guitar guitar, he he laid down the guitar and we kept it really simple and 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 he recorded i played the bass line on a midi keyboard and then he re-recorded it on an actual bass guitar so let's just go into it i want to thank you again for coming and sharing your story oh thank you for having me man this was a blast you did want to say one thing you said that that uh kind of if you know if you wanted yeah one thing across about docker it sounded way better when we're outside not on the (laughs) mic right um i just you know, living here for, what now, like 13, yeah, 13, 14 years. Like, we're pretty divided right now. But as a nation. As a nation, right? But, like, shout out to the people that are fully aware of what's going on. Like, if you can look to your left, look to your right, and say the same thing to the two different people, like, that's awesome. And I just want to let all the dreamers out there know, like, it, it's got to get better, man. It's got to get better. Like, be proud of who you are. Be proud of where you're from. Be proud of how you speak. And just, you know, stay lovely out there. That's right. That's right. So, again, thanks a lot for coming and sharing your story. Thank you, Patty. This is really cool. So, we're going to go ahead and finish with the track. This is uh, me, Self-Esteem Boat Willie, and my buddy uh, G. Ricky (laughs) with Dreamer. was a 10-year-old who only did what he was told He slept in Mexicali, had no idea where his journey would go Left behind all of his familia Tried only to incorporate a feeling of Ownership over residence, regardless of the president Pushed to ostracize his chances at citizenship Ownership over residence, regardless of the president Pushed to ostracize his chances at citizenship Some say that I'm a dreamer
Honestamente let's relapers Nos desprecian como gente Get connect like thieves or aliens Even rapists But I see here no conviction Solamente hago breakfast Work at a cafe Cocino desayuno Como cualquier alguno Like everybody else We pay taxes Work most days A veces sin a break Who can relate? Quien entiende? Hey Some say that I'm a dreamer But this is my only home Some say that I'm a dreamer But this is my only home Once tasted is the freedom of the stars and bars It's hard to take away the right to live where you are Promised by your whereabouts And this is why we shout Once tasted is the freedom of the stars and bars It's hard to take away the right to live where you are Only home you've ever known is promised by your whereabouts And this is why we shout Sunset